I'd like to give honor to the full throne of God, and I'd like to say greetings to all those who are listening in. Um, I'm going to give the second part of a two-part series on who are the 12 tribes of Israel then and now. Part two is on the fall and curse of a nation. To Israel was given the holy oracles and a great responsibility to provide as examples in their lives that the whole world could study to come and to find God. As Paul wrote in Romans 9, 4 to 5, who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. Having the law did not make Israel holy. From the garden, man has had a constant battle between good and evil. And many of the people born in the world were not children of God. This includes many of the Israelites. And this is why Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. Christ spoke to them in this way when he spoke to the Pharisees. Ye are of your father, the devil. The children of the devil will never change. The children of the devil, no matter what advantages they are given, they will never change. Even though Christ came down to teach them, they will never change. The children of the devil killed the righteous. They killed the prophets. They killed the apostles. And they crucified Jesus Christ. God doesn't love everybody. The Bible does not say that you can never find that one place in the Bible. It says that the wicked will be destroyed in the lake of fire. It's quite clear about that. God did not love the people he drowned in the flood, or the people he burned in Sodom and Gomorrah, or the people he killed in Egypt. The teaching that God loves and accepts everybody may sound good and warm and fuzzy, but it is a flat out lie. God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man lies, but God does not lie. The will of God cannot be defeated by the devil. He's not more powerful than God. There were many righteous people in Israel, great men and women who sacrificed everything, including their lives, for the service of God. One of these righteous great man was King David, the beloved psalmist. God promised him his sure mercies. David wanted to build a temple for God, but because of all the wars and the battles that he fought, so much blood had come to the ground, God did not allow him to do it. Solomon, his son, ruled after them, after David, and he was the wisest man on earth. And he built the temple with the materials and according to the pattern that King David gave him. But Solomon, in his pride and in his lust for outlandish heathen women, sinned against God. And because of that sin, he caused a great punishment to come on the entire nation of Israel. All of these heathen women wanted temples, great monuments to their idol gods, and Solomon built it. He was a great king. I guess he felt he could do what he wanted to do. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, 
was a wicked and a foolish man, and not a good king at all. Under his reign, 10 of the 12 tribes of Israel rebelled, and from that point on, there was a division between what was called the house of Israel and the house of Judah. To this day, this has not been healed. There was no more one nation of Israel but two. Now, none of the kings of the nation or house of the ten tribes of Israel were righteous. There was not one righteous one. They immediately, from the very first, established the worship of idols. They built, built uh, two calves and said, these are your gods that brought you out of the land of Egypt. The prophets Elijah and Elisha during that time were sent to warn them to repent and to return to God, but they didn't do it. Some of them did, the other ones did. Eventually the king of Assyria came and took them into captivity and they were never to return. They are called and known now commonly as the lost tribes of Israel. The king of Assyria then transplanted other people from different nations into their land. And because lions were coming eating these people, they had to learn how to serve the God of Israel, but they also continued at the same time to serve their pagan gods. They had a mixed up religion which is pretty much the way the religious system is today. They take the name of Christ, they call it Christian or whatever they call it, and they mix that up with paganism. The nation of Judah was combined with Benjamin as well as the Levites. And they were, there were righteous kings in the nation of Judah, but many of them were also wicked. Now when wickedness is at the head, it leads all the people into sin. The nation of Judah lasted longer in their land than the nation of Israel. The prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah were sent to warn them against rebelling against the Lord and against serving idols, but the wicked people would not obey. Therefore, the Lord sent them under captivity. The first one to lead them captive was Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he burnt the temple. They remained in captivity in Babylon for 70 years until the rise of the nation of the Medes and Persians. And under the Medes and Persians, they had a bit of a reprieve. And the Lord blessed them. And Cyrus made a decree that they could return to the land and rebuild the temple. Some of them returned, other ones didn't. But they did build the temple. But they were never a kingdom anymore. They were a nation, but never a kingdom. They never had a king again. The Medes and the Persians were the king. Israel were governors there. And they did not have power over their land or over their bodies or anything else from that point on. Now when Greece came into power, Judah was greatly afflicted. Greek kings were not like the Medes and Persians. They were cruel and hard. Antiochus was fierce and terrible, and he tried to force them to worship idols. He slaughtered innocents women, children, and the elderly people who couldn't do anything for themselves with no compassion at all, and they burnt the books of the law. And they built and set up the abomination of desolation, which was the altar of idols set up on the altar of God. And they, they sacrificed swine's flesh to Zeus and their other idols. Now, 
The family of the Maccabees stood up and fought against them, and they won many wars, but they were all eventually, one brother at a time, martyred in their service for the Lord. Finally, Rome came into power, and here at that time, during the time of the Roman Empire, was the birth of Christ. Jesus Christ was the light of the world. He preached the gospel of salvation and became the one necessary sacrifice for sins. At his crucifixion, the veil of the temple rent, signaling an end of the time of the sacrifice of animals. The Holy Ghost fell on the apostles who preached the gospel and the church grew and prospered. Seventy years, though, after Christ's birth, just as Jesus warned them when he came into Jerusalem and he cried when he saw, he was so grieved in the spirit when he uh, uh, thought about what was going to happen. Rome burned Jerusalem and destroyed the temple and the streets literally ran with blood. They were harder and crueler than all the nations that were before them. There was a great persecution of the Christians and the Jews. Rome was so angry at some of the Jews who had been rebelling against them that they turned against all of them. They were going to stamp them out, period. Stop them from existing. But the word of God, no matter what they did, continued to be spread from person to person, or as the Bible says, from faith to faith. It could not be stopped. You see, Satan cannot stop the will of God. And God said that his word was going to travel and go over the entire world, and it certainly has. The Bible during that time was completely written. The first true Christians eventually began to die off, and grievous wolves came into the church and it began to teach another doctrine, just as Apostle Paul and just as Peter warned the church. Even in their time, before they had died, grievous wolves had begun to enter the church. Out of fear, many of those early Christians began to make concessions with Rome. They called themselves Christian, but they didn't want to get in trouble, so they would worship on the Sabbath, but they would also worship on, worship on Sunday because they were kept putting them out of their homes and they were killing them, so they were afraid. It was the time of the Gentile now. But the Gentile, you think, well, I've been talking all about how Israel was punished because of their sin, Israel did wrong because of their sin, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their sin, and they went into captivity because of their sin. So the wonderful Gentile, right? The Gentile was not more righteous than Israel. The word of God had to come to the entire world, and Christ opened up and brought the truth and the light to the Gentile. But there were so many wicked Gentiles. There were righteous ones, but so many wicked Gentiles. In fact, the Gentiles invented Mystery Babylon. So what is Mystery Babylon? It's another way to look at the abomination of desolation. Today, Mystery Babylon is an established religious system that combines together truth and lies. The teachings of the Bible are interwoven with paganism that changes according to 
the desires of society. For instance, now, before, um, sodomy was something that was looked down on as obscene. It's certainly an abomination in the Bible, an abomination to God. But now the churches of today are accepting it. It changes according to the dictates of society. But what does God say? I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. What happened to the house of Judah and the rest of Israel? Well, they were slaughtered by Rome. That's one thing that happened. Many died in famine and in pestilence. And others were taken captive to Egypt, as it says in the scripture, and sold down the rivers of Ethiopia as it also says in the scripture, where there was a prosperous slave trade in Africa. They lost their name, their language, their appearance, and their identity. Eventually, they came in chains to the new world. The chapter of Deuteronomy 28 was a warning and a prophecy of what was to come to God's people. And I'm gonna read just a few of those scriptures. Verse 37, Says, Thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whither the Lord shall lead thee. Verses 45 to 48 says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. And verses, verses 63 to 68, if you could read that on your own, um, thank you.